Welcome to the Salem Fields Community Church Podcast of the Weekly Message. We hope that you find this podcast personally helpful, and we also encourage you to share the subscription link found at salemfields.com podcast with your friends that might be able to use some practical advice and encouragement. Well, you know, I found that uh, most Christians know enough about who God and Jesus are to describe them to someone. Most Christians have that kind of understanding. We know about God. We know about uh, God's Son, Jesus, and we can normally talk to someone about that, about who they are. Uh, but, but what about the Holy Spirit? You know, that third person of the Trinity is a little more difficult to explain. You know, we, we begin to think, uh, is it karma? You know, is it, uh, uh, is, it, is it karma? Is it your conscience? Is it those goosebumps that kind of uh, you get uh, on the during a, a worship song that you really love, or is it when the hair stands up on the back of your neck when you feel close to God? Is, is that the Holy Spirit? The truth is, the Holy Spirit is much more. The Holy Spirit appears throughout the Bible as wind, as smoke, as fire, and even as a dove. But what does the Holy Spirit look like today? I mean, we can go through the Bible, and we can talk about the Old Testament and we can talk about the, the smoke and the fire and, and the dove, and, but, but what does the Holy Spirit look like today in the life of a believer? I hope to stretch our thinking about how we see God and, and, and His function in our lives through the Holy Spirit. You see, I believe our lack of understanding, our lack of understanding of the, of the Holy Spirit is the number one reason that so many Christians are not living a victorious life. I mean, really, when, you know, I think about and talk to people, we're just kind of going through the, the motions of, of this Christian life, but really not living in victory. We're not living much different than those that we live with and work with uh, uh, in, uh, in our communities and in our workplaces. You know, when you stock us up, sometimes there's not much difference in how we handle life and how people in our workplace or in our schools or wherever, how they handle life. And I believe the number one reason is that we've not, we, we don't have a proper understanding of the Holy Spirit's function uh, in the life of a believer. You see, the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary for us as believers, if you're a believer today, if we're going to live a victorious life. Christian life. If we're going to become a more loving person and therefore a more loving church, we won't do that on our, we can't do that on our own strength. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit has been around since the beginning of time. A lot of people think well, that the Holy Spirit is only a New Testament kind of thing that happened at Pentecost when uh, the disciples were gathered in the upper room and the Holy Spirit showed up. But the but the Holy Spirit, in reality, has been around since the uh, beginning of time. In Je Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So the Spirit of God shows up right there in the beginning of the creation of the world. You see, the Spirit, the word Spirit in the Old Testament literally means a wind or breath. It means a violent Exhale, a blast of breath. You see, the Holy Spirit becomes with power. 
In the New Testament, the Greek word that is translated as spirit is the word pneuma. It, it means a wind, a current of air, a blast of breath. And my prayer today for this message, my prayer this week has been that uh, that this message will that uh, we will leave today with a better understanding of the presence of God in the lives of those folks who have confessed Jesus Christ as their Savior. That we will leave today with a better understanding of the presence of God in our lives on a daily basis and His power that is available to us because the Holy Spirit lives in us. I want to start today by looking at John chapter 14. John chapter 14 it's a very, it's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. It talks about where Jesus is beginning, uh, not beginning, but he's talking about, look guys, pretty soon I'm going to head out of here and I'm going to go off and I'm going to build a mansions and, and, and prepare a place for you in heaven. And uh, when that's all finished, I'm going to come back and get you, but I'm leaving you. And I realize I've been here uh, with you now for three years and he's telling them, I'm going to be leaving in a few days. And it's obvious when you read that passage of Scripture that these guys were troubled. I mean, they, they were troubled, they were discouraged, and they were wondering, what is happening? But Jesus promised them he would send someone that in reality would take better care of them than he had done. If you look at what he said in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you a counselor another counselor, to be with you forever. Now, who is this counselor? In verse 17, it has the answer. This counselor is the spirit of truth. Jesus calls the spirit, the counselor, the spirit of truth. Now, the word translated counselor combines the ideas of comfort and counsel. Now, then the Bible says, and this speaks to us as his children, if we're believers today, that the world cannot accept him, the Holy Spirit, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Some of you here may be skeptical, skeptical today, or you, uh, or you don't understand this spiritual, this, uh, this spirit thing. I mean, you're skeptical of this sense that there's the spirit of God that we, we cannot see and we cannot uh, touch. And, 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 and so we become skeptical and we don't understand the spiritual thing, the spirit thing. You don't know him. You can't see him. Therefore, you don't accept him. But the Bible says, Jesus says, but do you, but you do know him for he lives with you. And then he promises he will be with you. Now the counselor, the Holy Spirit, you know him and he will be in you and he will be with you. So really Jesus is saying to his disciples and to us today, he's saying, hey guys, you're better off if I go away. You know, the, the spirit the, the first thing that we need to establish in our understanding of his presence is the Holy Spirit is not an it. You know, I've heard people describe the Holy Spirit as an it. Well, the Holy Spirit is not an it. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the third person of God in the Holy Trinity. You see, the three persons of the Holy Trinity, uh, the, the person of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is literally... God in spirit form, and so just as God loves you and God loves me, the Holy Spirit loves us. The Bible says the Holy Spirit loves us, which means to me that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has emotions. So who, who, so when Jesus said, when I go away, I will send the Spirit to you to live in you, 
In our scripture, he calls the Holy Spirit a counselor, which comes from the Greek word, which literally can be translated as an intercessor. That the Holy Spirit becomes our intercessor. The Holy Spirit is the one who intercedes for us or prays for us. You know, that, that, that when we don't know what to pray, when our prayers are nothing but mumble-jumble, the, the Holy Spirit, will, He prays for us, He interprets our prayers, He intercedes us, and He is also our counselor. Now, the Holy Spirit is our advocate uh, before God. He is our advocate before God. You see, the Holy Spirit, who is from God in spirit form, comes alongside of us, He lives inside of us to be our counselor, to be our intercessor, to be our helper, very literally to be our very best friend, the Holy Spirit. Now, have you ever, I have, I just wonder if you have, have you ever wished that you could just sit down with Jesus at Starbucks? I mean, you could, you could say, Jesus, I'm a, I, can we have a little appointment? Can we meet at Starbucks? And can we sit down and have a little conversation? And, you know, wouldn't you just like to be able to ask him a few questions? Wouldn't you like to just be able to find out from God what he'd like to do uh, uh, from, with, with your life? And, and wouldn't you just like to just have him just give you a big old hug and say, you know what, I love you, buddy, and, you know, it's good being with you today. And, and you know, you just, just have that conversation with you. Anybody ever just feel like I feel like, you know, just want to have a conversation with Jesus and love on him a little bit and have him love on us. But Jesus shows us in the Scripture that there is actually something that is better for us than him being here in the flesh. I can't imagine that. But the Bible says, it says it this way. But I tell you the truth. This is Jesus. He says, I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Wow. It is for my good. It is for your good, Jesus says, that I'm not around any longer, that I'm going away, saying to the disciples. And he said, unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. Now, it actually, it's actually best for you, Jesus says, if I'm not here. But instead, the Holy Spirit comes who will live inside of you, and he promises that he will never, ever leave us or forsake us, that he will be our helper in time of need. So really, the reality is there is God uh, that is there with me all the time. I can't get away from his presence. Psalms 139 says, I can't, no matter where I go, if I go up to the heavens, he's there. If I lie down, he's there. If I go down into the depths, he's there. But God is with us. And he will live inside of us. So if the Holy Spirit's presence is so great, why is it so many people, believers, live spiritless lives? Why is it that there's, we're just not experiencing victory over the things of this world? You see, there are two reasons, I believe. One is that most people are not even aware of the Holy Spirit's presence. I mean, just like they said, here's a guy that's like 80 years old. I don't know how old he is. He's an old, older guy. been married 60-something years. So, you know, and he says, I've heard about God all my life. And when I got married to my lovely bride, she taught me about Jesus. And he said, tonight is the first time I've ever heard or talked about, the, heard the Holy Spirit ever discussed or talked about or explained. All those years. I just think people are not even aware of the Holy Spirit's presence. You know, some of you might even say, well, you know, I've heard of the Holy Spirit, but I have no idea what he does in the life of a believer. If that's you, I've got good news for you today. there's There's a whole other dimension to this Christian life. There is something more than what we're living if we're not living in the Spirit. There's something much more that we're missing out on. 
You see, there's a whole other dimension to this Christian life that maybe you've never experienced because you've never been aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. I mean, you said a prayer, you came to an altar, you prayed a prayer, repeated after me, you raised your hand, you said, all right, I'm, all my sins are forgiven, I'm going to heaven, and now i got to make it on my own. And you've never really been aware of the, of the function and benefits of the Holy Spirit in your life. You see, that's the way it is for many Christians. We go through life without knowing what's available to us on the inside of our lives. You know, you're living a life without the counselor. You're living your life without the interceder, the helper. Is it any wonder that if we're trying to do all this on our own that we're not living victorious? Because we can't do it on our own strength. We can't do it in our own power. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you have the same power. Listen, you have the same. I have the same power living in me, living in me, and you have the same power living in you that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I mean, literally raised the dead man, a dead man that had been in the grave, in the tomb for three days. That same power that raised him to life lives in me. That same power that, that called Lazarus come out of the tomb and he comes out with his grave clothes on, that same spirit, that same power lives in us. And yet we're not, we're not tapping into that because we're not even aware of that maybe. So many people are living spiritless because we're unaware of the presence of God living inside. The second reason that Christians are not experiencing the Holy Spirit in their lives is because people resist him. We resist him. You know, for example, the Holy Spirit may have led you to do something and you've said, no way. You know, I, I, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm not going to do that. Not, not only that, but some of you are doing something or about to do something that the Holy Spirit has said to you in that small, steel voice, don't do that. That's not good for your life. That's not good for your marriage. That's not good for your children. That's not good for your future. And you know that you know that you know and God's let you know because the Holy Spirit knows that if you do this or that, or if you continue in this way of life, you're going to mess your life up in the life of the people you love. But you say, you know, forget it. I'm going to do what I want because I know what's best for my life. And God, you can take a hike. So what we do is we just shut the Holy Spirit out of our life. When we are disobedient to that small, still voice, what we're doing is we're shutting God out of our life. We're shutting his love for us out of our life. Other times, the Holy Spirit may nudge you to do something good. May nudge you to give something or to bless someone or to help someone, and you refuse to do so. And once again, you're pushing the Holy Spirit away. And we need to be careful at this point in our spiritual life. We need to be careful that, that we... Uh, that we uh, listen and are obedient to the Holy Spirit because when we, when we resist the voice of the Holy Spirit long enough, our hearts can become hardened. I think it was Stephen who said, you stiff-necked people. You've refused to listen and now you have had a hardened heart. And, and we, as we begin to not hear that and, or listen to that voice and we're disobedient to that, we become hardened and we no longer hear from him. But I want us to look at some of the benefits or functions of the Holy Spirit's presence in the life of a believer. The first one is 
that the Holy Spirit will comfort you. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the word translated counselor combines the ideas of comfort and counsel. Now, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter, and he will comfort you when you're hurting, when you're going through a difficult time in your life, you know, when you just want somebody to love you, just somebody to hug you, and you try your best to get your husband or your wife or, or your children or somebody else to give you that support and comfort that you need, and it just nothing seems to bring comfort to your life. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. The King James Version says in John 14, 16, And I, Jesus, will pray to the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, this is the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're going through a difficult time, the Holy Spirit will comfort you. Even though you're hurting, you, when we call on the Holy Spirit, when we sense his presence in our life, you can just sense his comfort. He will comfort you with a peace that goes beyond all human understanding. Bob Benson says this, when life caves in, you do not need reasons, you need comfort. You do not need some answers, you need someone. And Jesus does not come to us with an explanation. And he doesn't come, he comes to us, he says, with his presence through the Holy Spirit. So the first benefit or function of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is that he will comfort us when we need comfort. The Holy Spirit will also counsel and or guide us. You see, if you're at a place in your life where you don't know what to do, you don't know where to turn. You don't know. You just don't know what to do in your life. You've just kind of hit that place in your life. The Holy Spirit will give you direction. You, you see, the, the Bible says, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. Now, if, if you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say, start praying. And the Holy Spirit will give you direction. God, I don't know what to do in this situation. God, I'm in a tight spot in my life. God, will you help me make this decision that I need to make, God? And, and he will give you direction. He will give you wisdom. He will give you discernment. And all along, he will be comforting us through this process. As you learn to trust and acknowledge the Spirit's presence and his voice, you can go through a day knowing that the Spirit of God is with you, guiding you. That God is with you and guiding you. He is with you throughout the day. And for some, that might be a little scary thought. But for us who want to live a victorious life, it's a comfort to know that he will guide us. You know, it, he's guiding us. It's living the Spirit-filled or the Spirit-guided life. It's not walking by sight, but it's walking by faith. He is your counselor. Isaiah 30, 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. The presence of the Spirit, He will comfort you. He will counsel you. And He will also convict you. Now, when I hear that, that's kind of like, uh. But it's a good thing when you think of conviction. It says, the Bible says, when he, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, most likely, some of you, maybe even sitting here right now, the Holy Spirit has convicted you. Maybe, I, maybe he's used some of the words that I've said today, and you're saying, oh, the ouch, that hurts. And, and God is kind of speaking to you in that small, still voice. And, 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 and Because there may be something in your life that's not pleasing to God. And you have this sense, 
You know, you just have this nagging sense that I shouldn't be doing this. And if I want God's best for my life, if I want God's blessing on my life, if I want God's power, if I want God's strength and comfort in my life, I probably shouldn't be doing this. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, some people say, said to me, or they posted on Facebook after last week's message that God had convicted them of, of gossip or complaining or not accepting someone. And I want to tell you, that was the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. You see, when you feel like I'm speaking directly to you, people say to me, buddy, it seems like you follow me around. And you know exactly what to talk about. And you feel like I'm speaking directly to you in a message. That's not me. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit convicting you. You know, I, I mean, the reality is I, people say to me, you said this in a sermon. I said, I don't remember saying that. And see, God takes what sometimes I say and interprets it to you the way he wants you to hear it, not the way I've said it. Because he loves us and he wants the best for our life. He convicts us through the Holy Spirit. How many, of you, how many of you have received your salvation? Just show me your hands. How many of you? Wow, a lot of you have received your salvation. Do you know why you received your salvation? Because of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit drew you to him. You were living without God. And God created each of us with this hole in our hearts that only Jesus Christ can fulfill, can fill up in our life. And we try to fill it up with all kinds of things. But that, that there was that point in your life where God's Holy Spirit began to convict you and draw you and woo you and, and love on you. And to that point where you came and said, God, I want you. And you came to that point where you raised your hand and prayed a prayer. Or you went to an altar. But whatever you did, you made Christ the Savior of your life. And you asked him to forgive you of your sins. And you invited him into your life. And that was because of the prevenient grace of God who drew you and loved us enough to draw us to him. If you're being drawn to God right now, praise the Lord, that is the Holy Spirit convicting of you of your need for God. Then the Holy Spirit is present in our life to be our sanctifier. Jesus prayed. He prayed this prayer. This John 17 is the most awesome chapter. I mean, here's Jesus praying. And there with the cross in his future, there with death on an old rugged cross, knowing that his days were numbered, he prayed for you and I. The Bible says he prayed first for the disciples, and then he prayed, and he said, I pray for those who will believe, those who will believe because of me. Those of us in the future, he prayed for you and I. That is awesome to me, that Jesus, in the worst days of his life, knelt down and prayed for you and me. You know, and he prayed, he prayed, he said, I prayed for them. I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Now, God calls every person, every person that's a believer, every person, but if we're believers, he calls you and I to reflect his holy character. The Bible says, as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. The Bible says without holiness, no man shall see the Father. And I got to tell you what, we got a problem, don't we? How many of you have never had an unholy thought in your life? How many of you have not, you know what I mean? How many of you can say, I'm a holy dude? 
or Dudas. <laughs> we have a problem. Here's the problem. In and of ourselves, we are not holy. We are unholy. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. And we're unholy. Since holiness is not found in ourselves, and since God says without holiness no man shall see the Father, we're in trouble, and so therefore we must be made holy. And the one who works to make us holy, to conform us to the image of Christ, is the Holy Spirit. You see, the, the Spirit of God is called the Holy Spirit, uh, is not, much, not, not so much because of his person, which indeed he is holy, but because of his work to make us holy. You see, it is the function of the Holy Spirit to make us holy, to make us saints. Now think about that. Justin, you're a saint. If y'all know him. But the Bible calls believers, calls us saints. Calls us saints. And the Holy Spirit makes us holy he makes us saints. He sanctifies us. Thus, the Holy Spirit fulfills the role of the sanctifier. To be sanctified is to be made holy or righteous, to be set apart. You see, second, sanctification is the, is the second work of grace, the first being our salvation. You see, grace, we are saved by faith. We are saved by grace through faith in the Son of God. And we're, we are saved by grace and we are sanctified by, by grace. We are sanctified the moment that we surrender our lives fully to Jesus. You know, some people say all that happens at salvation. That very male way could, could happen. But I know in my life when the pastor preached on sin and he told me that, that I was a sinner and I knew that. The Holy Spirit told me I was a sinner and I needed him and I needed him in the worst way. I can tell you when I went to that altar, I was not thinking of him being my Lord. I was thinking of getting out of hell because I was headed to hell. I mean, I was a sinner. When I went to that altar, I didn't do anything for God. Everything was about me because I said, my gosh, if God will forgive me of everything I've ever done wrong in my life, give me all that. If I knew that making him Lord would mean I'd be standing here preaching on a Sunday morning at Salem Fields Community Church, I would have ran out that door and ran as far as I could run. <laughs> but all I wanted was to know that God loved me enough to forgive me of my sins. There was no lordship issue whatsoever. But I can remember the day in 1987 in the living room of my house where I knelt down on that couch and I said, Lord, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, flooded my soul. And people try to argue me out of that. Now, am I perfect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Boy, I wish I was. I wish I could stand up here and say, boy, I haven't sinned since 1987. <laughs> and y'all say, oh, I know that's not true. Uh, but see, that, that is the crisis moment in our life. The process of sanctification then continues until we die and we face those moments over and over again. And, and that process of sanctification continues until we die. And then finally, finally we're made fully, forever righteous. And it's received by faith. So here's how I want to close the service, okay? Here's what I want to do, and I hope that you'll uh, participate in this. I'm going to pray in just a few moments. And the band's going to come out, and they're going to lead us in a worship song. 
and we're going to worship together and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to just fill this place, to just flood this place with his presence. And then we're going to just take a moment where I want you to just take a moment and listen for that small, still voice. You see, God's Holy Spirit speaks to us in a small, still voice. And we have to be quiet to hear that small, still voice. We live in such a loud world that we don't have time. We don't take time just to be quiet and listen. So this morning after we worship together, I would just like for you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I mean, God may speak to you and he may convict you or he may draw you. Maybe you're here and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ. And, and maybe during that time, you'll just sense this overwhelming need to confess your sins to God and ask him to forgive you of your sins and invite him into your life to be your savior. And you can just do that. But maybe during that time, God's convicted you of something that you've done that you know or you're doing in your life that's just not right. Or, or maybe God's called you, calling you to do something, and you know you've been rejecting that, rejecting that, and rejecting that. But today you're saying, you know what, God, I'm going to be obedient to that. But maybe you're at that point in your life where you know that you have never surrendered fully to God. And you know that God has, a, that God, there's a part of your life that you've never allowed God to be a part of. There's rooms in your life, there's places in your heart that you're reserving for yourself and God's been trying to dig that out of you and today you're saying I'm going to fully surrender to him I'm going to fully surrender to him to be Lord of my life I don't know how God may maybe there's somebody you've hurt maybe there's somebody that God's convicting you of right now you need to go to them and ask them to forgive you you may need to call them up just may need to make something right you know, maybe there's some restitution in your life, man. Yeah, that's old-fashioned restitution, but I'll never forget when God called me to make restitution of the hurt and pain that that caused people in my life. And maybe God may hit through his Holy Spirit. I don't know what God's going to do, but I believe God's going to do something special here this morning. He wants to. And so I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite you after I pray to stand. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit through our worship song, and then we're going to just quiet everything down and we're going to take a moment of silence and Gay's going to come up and end our time in prayer for us okay father we invite you into this place we know that you're here we sense you right now god and father we just we're so god we're sorry that for so long in our life we lord we have re, we have um just not been aware or we've rejected your spirit and god we just not wanted to go there because it just seems too weird God, will you forgive us today and will you flood our souls with the presence of the Holy Spirit? God, I ask that your small, still voice would speak to us, those that are online, that they will just, right now, they'll just begin to focus and to begin to quiet our souls as we invite you here, Lord. God, God we just ask that you would speak to us and that we'd be obedient, obedient to that small, still voice. So can we all stand as we worship together and invite the Holy Spirit into this place? And maybe during this time, you just want to come and pray at the altar. You want to kneel at your seat. Whatever God wants you to do, just be obedient. God bless you. If you are a new Christian and would like to know what to do next or where to go from here, you will want to get a free Next Step packet that contains reading materials and useful resources that will point you in the right direction. For more information, please contact Salem Fields Community Church at 540-786-6212 or visit our website at salemfields.com 
or email us at podcast at salemfields.com.